Thank you for plugging into this Family Life News podcast, streaming issues-driven, family-focused news. Welcome back to another edition of Capital Connection. Fridays during the noon report, we give you direct connection to what's happening in Albany and Harrisburg with the experts on the issues at the state capitals. They are Jason McGuire with New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms and Michael Gear at the Pennsylvania Family Institute. And gentlemen, while much of our time is devoted to news out of New York and Pennsylvania, we would be remiss if we did not start with the very latest that is happening in the Holy Land. I know the governor of uh, New York has been there to show solidarity. The president has been there to show solidarity. But uh, Michael, when it comes to our college campuses, where is the solidarity? It's become such a flashpoint in this ongoing war. Many expressing concern about growing anti-Semitism at American universities. Why is that happening? Well, it really is appalling to see. We see it here in Pennsylvania. The University of Pennsylvania has really become a flashpoint with the president of the university would not speak out against Hamas. This is the fruit of ideological education that's going on in many of our universities and colleges. It's something that America is awakening to and hopefully will change in the future. Yeah, Jason, we saw a video from a professor, a history professor at Cornell University in Ithaca called the Hamas attack exhilarating. What's your take on this fomenting of hate? toward the Jewish people at American universities? Well, you know, looking at it from a spiritual perspective, I think that's understood that we have a spiritual enemy, the adversary, who will be at odds with uh, God's chosen people. And I think you're seeing that even today. There's a spiritual warfare that's playing out. I completely agree with what Michael said. I think that we are seeing the indoctrination that's occurring really in the younger grades and working its way into college campuses, and we are reaping what we have sown here in our country. Quick follow-up. The philosopher Voltaire said, I may not agree with what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. Does that apply in this instance, Michael? Everyone likes to talk about free speech, but does this cross that line into hate speech? We see what Rashida Tlaib and others, members of the squad have said. These are representatives of our United States government that don't know which team to root for here. Where do you cross that fine line between freedom of speech and hate speech? Well, when you start talking about endorsing terrorism and suggesting that the raping of women and the killing of innocent babies and the elderly is appropriate, that is crossing a line. There's no question about it. And yet we, again, I mentioned University of Pennsylvania. They're the ones that told the uh, the swimmers on the swim team there to be quiet about Leah Thomas, this man coming into their locker rooms and swimming against them. They told them, don't say anything about this. But then they're allowing these Hamas supporters to have free reign on the campus to say whatever they want. Yeah. Is there a argument to be said, Jason, that there's only one side to be on when we're having this conversation. You are either on the side of good or you are on the side of evil here. What's your take as we have this conversation of the reach of free speech as Israel fights for its survival? Well, I think when we're talking about Hamas, we talk about the atrocities. There's only one side to be on that. 
Does that mean, though, that every action of a nation is always correct? No, there can be room for debate with how this should or should not be handled. But right now, the eyes of the world are, are on Israel, and there's no place else for the Jewish people to go. And so if America does not side with the Jewish people, that is their last stand. And I think we have a duty and an obligation to stand alongside the Jewish people in Israel. All right. Hey, moving on. Uh, the big week for you, Michael. I know you were really excited about the turnout on Monday for the third annual March for Life. What was your takeaway from this year's event? Well, it was a beautiful, joyful event. We had, I think, over 6,000 people, so it uh, has grown every year. We had people coming from every corner of the state. What I take away from it is, number one, people are really concerned about the efforts of our governor and the progressives in our legislature to try to shut down pregnancy resource centers. And so I think there's a renewed effort and a renewed desire on the people, the pro-lifers that were there at that march to take a stand, number one, to support these alternatives for women, but number two, to be supportive of lawmakers who want to turn the tide and respect life here in Pennsylvania. Yeah, there's no state uh, that's more abortion-friendly in these United States than New York State, Jason, but there's more on that front, a legislation in the works in Albany that would expand access to these so-called abortion kill pills. What does this legislation do exactly? Yeah, Senator Rachel May and Assembly member Amy Paulin have introduced legislation that would allow nurses and nurse practitioners and even midwives to write general scripts for abortion pills. That then the pharmacy would just uh, go ahead and, and dispense those abortion kill pills completely cost-free to the person requesting them. It's interesting with all of the things that we have co-pays for in New York regarding prescriptions, there's these abortion pills that we will eliminate the co-pay for. More than half of all abortions now are do-it-yourself abortions, so this is one worth keeping an eye on. Michael, State Senator Judy Ward said something really interesting at your rally, and she said, when did it become that the, the pro-life position was the extreme position? When did that happen? There was a representative from the Pittsburgh area reacting to your rally who made no bones about it when she said, yeah, if you want an abortion after 24 weeks, go for it. Why is it always the pro-life position that's considered to be the extreme position when we're talking about this issue? Much of it depends on who has the megaphone and the mouthpiece. I mean, we see the mainstream media that has become advocacy media on behalf of the abortion industry and Planned Parenthood. So I understand why this legislator would feel this way. They feel like it's a barrage. But when we look at poll numbers, when we look at where the people of Pennsylvania and people of America are, they don't believe in unrestricted abortion. They don't believe that we should be killing babies late term. And as we work as pro-lifers to take a stand to say, no, every life deserves protection, we can move that in the right direction. Yeah, New York's gas appliances ban is a big story. You may not know what's going on, but you will know in just a couple short years because that's when it takes effect. Jason, I know uh, there's litigation now to try to prevent this new law from being shoved down the throats of New York's 19 million people. Explain what this law does and what chance does this lawsuit has? I know a lot of folks are saying we had a legal scholar on recently said he thinks this could go all the way to the U.S. Supreme court. Yeah, so essentially Governor Kathy Hochul has given approval to a ban on the installation of fossil fuel equipment in new buildings. It's set to take effect in 2026 for structures of seven stories or less and in 2029 for larger buildings. So it's going to have a huge impact across the state. As a result, a number of gas and construction trade organizations have sued New York over this. Now, I think there is a good shot that this will be ultimately successful for those that want to keep their gas stoves and, and furnaces and things like that because it follows the 
path of what happened in uh, California legislation. And I think this could end up in the Supreme Court. The fact that it's in a federal court is actually very promising, knowing how liberal our court system has gotten. Anytime we can see a New York case in federal court, well, that could be a good sign. All right. Hey, Mike, I know you're excited. Women's sports activist Riley Gaines, whom a lot of us know about, and Seth Dillon from the Babylon Bee, he's always a hoot. Uh, They're going to be headlining the Friends of the Family Banquet next month. What's the message they'll be sharing in Hershey this year? Well, uh, the theme of our banquet this year is uh, strong and courageous, and it describes both of those speakers that we have there. And our society really desires and needs people to stand up against the kind of idiocy that we're seeing in our culture, things that are harming kids, our families, our society. And so Seth Dillon and especially Riley Gaines are going to exemplify how we can be effectively standing up for what is true in a winsome and effective way. And we got time for one more issue, Jason. We'll talk about uh, the influence that social media is having on our children, whether it's TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. It is really starting to become an issue, and so much so that Attorney General Tish James recently went forth with new efforts to rein in that influence, maybe give parents a little more control over this. Do you support the effort of the the Attorney General when it comes to social media and children. Well, we support the principle that parents should have control over some of these things that their kids are involved in. The algorithms and such really are troubling where it is steering children, you know, essentially using their names and their ideas to move them to things that are simply inappropriate for kids to view. So in principle, we support the Attorney General's notion of trying to help parents in this matter. But I think as it works its way through the legislative process, we're going to see that that's going to become even stronger. And we've got some suggestions as to what the legislature can do to put parents back in the driver's seat and to protect kids from things they shouldn't be exposed to. All right, and just like that, our time is up. But, uh, Michael, uh, you have new voter guides. Yeah, election day's coming up real quick. You have voter guides on your website where folks can learn more and be an informed voter. Where can they find that? PAFamily.org. And stay informed on all that's happening in New York with all the different pieces of legislation discussed today. Jason, where can folks find out more about you? albanyupdate.com.